Like the Grinch descending from his mountain, I am back to ruin Christmas. Hey everybody, my name is Ray Burns, and I want to equip Christians to think biblically about every area of life, including Christmas morning, so that they can keep growing in spiritual maturity. Before we dive into what may be a very simple or a very controversial topic today, I just want to thank some of my Patreon supporters who support me every month. Chris, Shauna, Tom, Julia, and David, who have all been supporting me since September of 2019, which is when I first started my Patreon support, as well as Lisa, my most recent supporter, who started supporting me just a few weeks ago, actually. So thank you all for supporting Onward in the Faith every month. If you would like to join them in supporting this ministry, just head over to patreon.com slash Onward in the Faith or check the link down in the show notes. Many of you have probably noticed that every few years, Christmas and the typical day of church, Sunday, fall on the same day. On those years, Christians struggle with where they should spend that day. And in our modern society, the question gets a little bit more complicated than simply, should I skip church or should I skip presents? Today, we can easily find compromises or even excuses thanks to stuff like online streaming, being able to meet at different times for church, churches themselves just outright canceling services, or people just redefining what church even means and removing any difficulty in deciding what to do. Now, really, the question isn't whether we should or can take part in some kind of church-like time in the midst of gifts, family, and food. It's not just can we do something related to Jesus and calling it good enough. It's also not just about ticking a box and feeling like a good Christian because you sacrificed your Christmas morning to be at church, nor is it trying to combat our guilt and creating a different variety of excuses to make it okay for us to skip church. Instead, in this episode, what I want us to think about as we have Christmas morning falling the same time as Sunday morning church is to look at how what we do this Sunday is going to reveal our priorities. Because this is something that some people listening may not realize is a big deal because some people think, oh, of course you go to church. Other people may think, oh, well, of course you don't go to church because it's Christmas Day. You don't, you know, it's a once in a, a year thing. Why would we skip that for something else? But a lot of people are aware that this is actually a pretty big controversy in Christianity right now. And so what this episode is going to do, as I said, is not just tell you what you must do or must not do, but instead, I want this to act as a tool to help you evaluate your own priorities when it comes to church versus really anything else. So the topic now is Christmas, but really we're going to be able to apply this topic, this mentality, how we're going to be thinking to every church day throughout the entire year. Now, the first thing we need to discuss is why is church important? If we're going to be talking about should Christians go to church on Sunday morning and modify or cancel plans they otherwise had, we need to really discuss what is it about church that even makes this a consideration. Now, the value of regularly assembling together with a group of other believers 
under the authority of one or more pastors, so not just kind of getting together for small groups or Bible study, but actually gathering with other believers intentionally under the authority of pastors, the value of this diminishes year by year. As we live in an increasingly individualistic and consumer culture, people are more and more basing the church's value on their own needs. In the same way we think about commercial products and saying that some a company only has value insofar as it can serve us, we apply that same mentality to church today. If a person doesn't feel like they need church, then they don't attend church. If they don't like the typical church model of going every week, of being around other sinners, of having to have a pastor over them and authority teaching them, things like that, then they change their understanding or their behavior of attending church in order to suit their own preferences, whether it's church shopping, whether it's redefining church. And for many, this consumer mentality means refusing to commit to regular attendance at a local church, especially if that would interfere with something else. Now, we're talking about why church is important. So the first thing I want to look at is Hebrews 10.25, which says, Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but instead encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day drawing near. So as we see in this passage, God doesn't just call us to treat the church as a preferential thing. He doesn't even let us treat it as an optional thing. Church is a necessary part of how God has designed us as people who need community and also what Jesus Christ has saved us into. He didn't just save us from sin. He saved us into a body of believers, both universally, but as well as that local body that he calls us to, to serve. The local church is where our pastors equip us. It's where we regularly worship the Lord alongside other believers, and it's where we are called to serve other Christians, not just be served as consumers. Now, Ephesians 4, 11 to 12 tells us about the role of pastors in our lives. It says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds. Now, shepherds is another term for pastor and teachers. Why? Why did God give you a pastor to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ? Now, the reality is that if we're not attending church, then our pastors can't equip us because we are not sitting under their teaching. We are not able to be equipped by them because we're only popping in the door every once in a while as it suits us. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. This is talking about corporate worship, and we can't do this in isolation. It's not about jamming to Christian music as you're on your commute or cleaning the house. It's not about humming a song in your heart or attending a Christian concert once a year. This is about that regular meeting together, the the not forsaking the assembling together. And what are we supposed to do there? We're supposed to sit under a pastor's teaching, but we're also supposed to worship together. We teach and admonish one another with wisdom. We sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs together, and we do this with thankfulness to God. This is what corporate worship is about, and we cannot do it outside of our local body of believers. And finally, Hebrews 
10.24 says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Now, the reality is that we have no opportunity to stir up one another by watching a live stream from the comfort of our living room or doing something like encountering God during a quiet walk through a park. We have to be around one another to stir up one another. This is why church is so important, is because we are called to do things in a community with an authority over us, a pastor over us who leads, guides, and equips us, and even protects us when we need it. And we cannot do these things without a local group that we meet with, that we become intimately familiar with, that we can trust, and that we can especially serve, not be served by, but that we can serve, that we can stir up to love, that we can bear burdens with, that we can rejoice with. Church is important ultimately because Jesus Christ didn't just save individuals. He saved a group of people, and he takes that entire group of people from thousands of years and at different points in time in different locations in the world calls us to gather together to love and serve one another. Now, Acts, uh, the beginning of Acts 20, verse 7 says, On the first day of the week, which, if you look at your calendar, was Sunday, they were gathering together to break bread. Now, there's no biblical mandate that determines how many times a week we should meet. Some people just do Sunday mornings, uh, Sunday morning and evening, Wednesdays, other times throughout the week. There's no mandate on what specific day. Most churches follow the apostolic tradition of meeting on the Lord's Day, which is Sunday. It's not the Sabbath. The Sabbath was Saturday. Instead, we meet on the Lord's Day Sunday, and we just keep that tradition through most churches. But the important thing to realize is it doesn't matter what day they met on necessarily. I think it's a good pattern to follow, but the important thing isn't we have to meet on Sunday, but they met weekly. They met every Sunday on the Lord's Day. They would meet together wherever they were, and they would encourage that tradition in other churches as well. Now, whether we like it or not, We are also called to meet together with other sinners, not perfect people, people who are going to hurt us, people who probably have hurt us in the past and will hurt us in the future, just like you will hurt them. But we're called to meet together with these sinners who have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, to neglect the typical meeting time when something optional comes along ultimately is to claim that I'm making something more important than growing, worshiping, and serving where God has called me to. Because that's really what we do. If we understand that we need to meet together regularly and we say, I'll meet together until this other thing comes along, then we're saying that that thing is more important than what God, God calls us to with the regular growing under a pastor, worshiping along with other believers, and serving those that God has called us to. So if you truly believe that church is important, if you understand the very quick summary that I've discussed of the importance of church, and you believe that, yes, church is important, God clearly in his word calls us to not just be saved individually, but to worship corporately with a local body of believers, then what I want you to do is to use this episode, as I said, as a tool to help you evaluate where church fits in your priorities, both this coming Sunday, but also throughout the entire week as other opportunities to miss church comes up. So the number one way that we can evaluate our priorities is to realize that our time commitments will reveal our priorities. 
Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, a treasure, in a broad sense, is something that we have a very finite amount of. No one has infinite treasure. Even people who have you know, the most money in the world still have a countable amount of money. And if they spend all of that money in one place, they cannot spend it in another. Likewise, us, with what treasure we have today, if we spend it in one place, we cannot spend that in another place. If we spend five bucks at McDonald's, that specific five dollars cannot be used to fill up part of our gas tank later on. We have to use a different $5 for that. And so when we consider our treasure, we show what truly matters when we give that treasure to one thing instead of another thing. So understanding that, consider what Ephesians 5, 15 to 16 says. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Now, many of us think of treasure as money, but our time is also a treasure. God allows us a certain amount of minutes in our entire lives, and he calls us to use that treasure for his glory. And when we fail to consider our time as a gift from him, we often use it in ways that will glorify us. Now, on Christmas Sunday, it's tempting to think that skipping church is necessary because we just don't have enough time for everything else. We look at everything we've committed to, whether it's family coming in, whether it's having to cook a big meal, whether it's keeping the family tradition of waking up and opening presents or visiting family, whatever it is. We look at everything we've committed to and we say that of all the things demanding our time, church is really the only thing that we can afford to cast aside. We can sacrifice time for church and put that time into other things. Now, we know that church is a good thing, but if we're honest and we're thinking that way, we also must say that church is not the most important thing. Now, when we do that, when we're honest about the fact that we are saying that, What this does is it reveals what is expendable in our lives and what is sacred, what is untouchable in our lives. Now, for example, let's just think of some of the time commitments that are going to keep people from church on Christmas this Sunday. Someone might say, you know, oh, well, church is too early and we really want to open presents. Well, in that case, a family tradition or the preferences of children and parents is more important than time at church. Others might say, well, I have family coming in or maybe even worse. And that family just isn't interested in attending church. Well, that means that that time with family is not only more important, but also we are fearing judgment or we feel a need to please others or just be part of social gatherings. And time spent with those people is more important than time spent at church. For others, the issue might be that they'll be too tired after their Christmas Eve events, whether it's office parties, traveling, things like that. In that case, time spent attending those events, even when you know the consequences the next morning, means that time needs to be taken away from church and that church is the thing that needs to suffer in that exchange. Others are going to say, oh, well, you know, we go to church every week. This is just a one-time thing. In that case, we're saying that time at church is important, but only until something more important than church comes up. 
Or finally, an example is those who say, well, we're celebrating baby Jesus with our own Christmas celebration, so that's close enough to church. Now, this alleviates guilt, but we know that Jesus Christ is going to barely be present when we spend time on any Christmas celebration that we would choose to skip church to enjoy. Now, most Christians don't mind going to church when it works with their schedule, but given the choice between skipping church or missing something like children's sporting events, a hobby, or other important events, they place their time where their heart truly is. Their time is a treasure, and where they spend it reveals where their heart actually is. And in those cases, when we do those things, we need to stop making excuses, stop justifying it, stop doing anything. We need to be genuinely honest about what we are thinking, saying, and believing through our actions and where we spend our time. Missing church for unnecessary things, things that can be skipped, things that can be sacrificed for church, is ultimately to claim church is getting in the way of something more important to me. And that is how our time commitments reveal our priorities. Number two, the things we struggle with reveal our priorities. When the discussion about missing church for a rare or one-time event comes up, many argue that skipping church once makes it easy to skip again. Now, I agree with that, but I think that that fear of, oh, don't skip church because then you'll want to skip church more, I think that misses the point. Because the question really isn't, what's going to stop you from finding other things more important than church? I think the real question is, why are other things already more important to you than church? Now, to explain what I mean, realize that whenever we are given two choices, we are only going to struggle with them when those two choices hold relatively equal importance to us. For example, there is a classic conundrum that comes from a novel, which I think is now a movie, but it's a a popular discussion in philosophy circles. It's called Sophie's Choice. So this kind of philosophical dilemma sees a mother in a Nazi concentration camp. She is told to choose between her two children that she's holding at the moment. One of those children will live while the mother must watch the other child be killed. If the mother chooses neither, both of her children are going to die. Now, that's heavy. And this is a struggle that is really almost impossible to think about, whether you have kids or not. It is so hard to think what you would do in that situation because a parent just can't comprehend deeming one of their children more valuable, more worthy of life than the other. However, let's change up the dilemma. What if Sophie's Choice said... You must choose between keeping your child or keeping this rock here on the ground. Suddenly, there's no struggle at all, right? The child isn't just going to barely win out after a lot of hemming and hawing and decision making on the part of the mother. A mother is going to choose their child without a second thought Because that's how highly the mother values that child over the rock. That child is important, special, sacred, irreplaceable to the mother when compared to a rock. Now, I ask you, which of these shows our struggle when it comes to church and Christmas morning? If it's a near impossible struggle, if we just are are fighting so hard because we can't decide... 
Or if we choose to sacrifice church to spare Christmas, then our issue may not just be a low view of church, but an elevated view of our Christmas traditions. If we truly, genuinely are struggling, saying, is this more important than church? Can I justify sacrificing church for this? If celebrating a holiday is that hard of an issue, yes, we have a low view of church, but also consider how important is Christmas truly in your life? Now, I appreciate that a lot of people probably don't approach it in that direct black and white sense of things, but ultimately, we need to do that. We need to remove our emotion. We need to remove our preferences, our traditions, the the culture around us. We need to remove all that and just say, am I struggling with this because I have lowered one and or elevated one so much so that the two are on equal grounds with Christmas possibly being more important to me, more necessary for me to save that I would sacrifice what God has called me to in regular church attendance in order to save the life of my Christmas day. Number three, our compromises are going to reveal our priorities. There are countless ways that we can justify skipping or even just modifying church so that we can do something optional. We can say things like, oh, well, doing this is kind of like church. We can say, it's just one time. I go to church enough throughout the rest of the year that it's okay to miss once. Or, you know, I don't want to be legalistic about church. I don't want to make church such a rigid thing that I just become a legalist like a Pharisee. So I'll skip church to show I'm not legalistic about it. In doing this, we can even convince ourselves that this optional thing, because celebrating Christmas morning or Christmas at all is not mandatory. It's not a biblical requirement. It's a man-made tradition that is fine, but it's not necessary. It's not what God calls us to. But we can take this optional thing and in our minds turn it into something that is absolutely necessary. However, if we're willing to be honest with ourselves, as I hope it's clear I'm calling us all to do, myself included, we know that we're compromising in one area so that we can preserve something else. Now, to see where our priorities lie with church versus Christmas in this scenario, what if we flipped the positions of the things we say about church and the things we say about Christmas morning? Are we willing to say, you know, Christmas can be different just this once, or, you know, I can miss a few hours with the family to go to church, or, you know what, church is just too important to miss. Christmas will have to wait. We say that about church. Are we willing to say that about Christmas? Are we willing to make Christmas the one that is so important that we will compromise how we handle Christmas morning or Christmas events? Now, for many, church does bow down to Christmas. Church has to bend because our traditions or our preferences are too rigid to be changed. Because we are so committed to Christmas, we are willing to weaken or even abandon our commitment to church. Now, in life in general, we all know that we will compromise things that matter less so that we can stay committed to those things that matter most. We'll tolerate lesser versions of some things, but cannot fathom compromising our highest priorities. Now, when it comes to comparing church and Christmas, the one that we are going to compromise on Sunday reveals the one that we prioritize. 
So which one are we compromising? Are we weakening or abandoning church to maintain and preserve Christmas? Or are we willing to alter, lessen, or weaken our preferred experience of Christmas in order to keep our weekly commitment to our local body? Now, let's look at the bigger picture here. A lot of people listening may be tempted to cry out and call me a legalist, or maybe they want to be more festive and call out and call me a Grinch or Scrooge. But if we set aside emotion, if we set aside our desire to be defensive, to defend plans that we have that are coming up in less than a week, I hope that it's easy to see that the entire point of this episode is not to be mean or grumpy or stuck in the mud, but instead to simply call people, call you to examine yourself, to examine your priorities. Now, don't get me wrong. Church can never become something that we just do without thinking. This episode isn't telling you to mindlessly just go to church, to be a legalist, to check off a box without your heart being anywhere in it. Instead, I want anyone listening to mindfully consider what they believe about church in the first place, not just on Christmas Day, but church in general. You know, Christians throughout history and even Christians today, I mean, you, you read stories, uh, you know, uh, Voice of the Martyrs, uh, you know, comes to mind as a ministry that shows how Christians are suffering and dying today. And Christians in the past, Christians today, they have risked imprisonment, mockery, beatings, even death to meet together weekly with other believers They don't do it because they're being legalistic. They do it because they have a biblical understanding of the critical importance of church. They would sacrifice their safety, their lives, and even Christmas morning because they place their treasure in something else, something that they know has the greatest value to their regular lives. Now, Christmas and many other events, they can seem so big and so important when we're close to them. When we have personal stake in it, whether it's disappointing our kids, whether it's traditions that we've had for years, whether it's family or friends that we fear disappointing, it's hard. We struggle to imagine how we could possibly change our traditions, upset people, or even just sacrifice something that we really want. But this is where it's important to step back and honestly evaluate our priorities. Try to remove ourselves from the situation and just say, what is it that I'm believing? What am I thinking? What are my actions telling me and others about what's truly in my heart, about where my desires, where my loyalties lie? So I ask you, is church getting in the way of Christmas? That question shows our true priorities. No matter how we try to justify it, how we try to minimize our decisions, or even if we can find other Christians who will give us permission to abandon our weekly gathering, our actions reveal our hearts. Church is getting in the way of Christmas. Is that true for you? Even if you're going to church, but you're doing it begrudgingly and angrily, do you understand where your heart is in feeling like church is getting in the way of Christmas? Do you see how you are not valuing the church like those who are willing to die for it? Do you see how you are not valuing it like Jesus Christ does, who has saved us and called us into this body of believers, both universally but also locally, with these broken, sometimes horrible, selfish, mean people 
And in perfect love, Jesus Christ has called us to those people to love them, to serve them, to grow alongside them. Is what Jesus Christ has called us to getting in the way of our Christmas traditions? Now, before I wrap this up, I do want to make a brief note on churches that aren't meeting. Because I know there's some people who are listening and their churches just aren't having services. It's not that they are choosing not to go. Their church has chosen to shut its doors. The pastors have said, we are not having Christmas, our our church on Christmas. So go enjoy your families. I'm not going to pretend to know the heart of every pastor who chooses to either modify their services by going from two or three services down to one super service or just close their church on Christmas morning. God is the one who has set them as leaders and shepherds of their local body of believers. And they are the ones that have to answer to God for every decision that they make to glorify God. But they also have to answer to God for every decision they make that is done according to human wisdom. And right now, all pastors are facing an inescapable teaching opportunity. Because what pastors choose to do on Christmas morning is is going to send a message to the people that God calls those pastors to equip, to guide, and even to protect. How a church member values the church will be formed, justified, or challenged by whether human tradition gets to modify or cancel the weekly gathering of believers. Those Christians who aren't sure are going to take the cue from their pastors and say, oh, well, my pastor thinks we should cancel church. I guess there are reasons not to go to church. Those Christians who believe that they should go to church and their pastors still hold church, those Christians are going to be justified and know that, yes, this is what ought to be done. Those Christians who think that they shouldn't go to church and their pastors cancel church, they will also be justified. And saying, yes, I knew it. My pastor agrees with me that I should not have to go to church when I have something better to do. And on the flip side, people will also be challenged. Those who believe it's important are going to struggle with pastors who close their church. Those who don't think it's important are going to struggle with pastors who keep that church open on Sunday and have business as usual. Christians are learning the value of their local church from their pastors. So the question is, should we let church get in the way of Christmas? That is what people are wondering. And if there is a pastor listening to this, that is what your congregation, that is what members of your church are asking. Should we let church get in the way of Christmas? And whether they mean to or not, every single pastor is going to be answering this question on Sunday morning. And not only must they answer it for themselves, but they're actions, what they choose to do is going to proclaim their answer to their entire church. This is a teaching moment. It's a difficult decision, but it is one that has to glorify God. Now, if you are someone who you desire to meet meet and gather weekly at a church, but your church is not or cannot meet, I would encourage you to find another church, one that you trust, to just visit on that day and say, this is not ideal, this is not the people that God has necessarily called me to, but you are staying faithful to not forsaking assembling together regularly with other followers of Jesus Christ. So some final thoughts as I wind down on this topic. It's a difficult topic, especially in our culture. I I fully understand that. The things I've said are hard, But I hope you see that they are true, that they are not done to judge people, to make them feel bad. 
to make them feel guilty, but it's because I love the people of God and I love the church and I want people to just honor their God in what they do. Now, today, Christmas is the biggest holiday of the year, both for Christians and for non-Christians alike. And it may be an important holiday to some, but I think we can agree if we step back that Christmas has become too important. Consider why Christians began celebrating Christmas in the first place. As I said at the beginning, it's not a biblical command. It's not a mandate. It's a man-made tradition. And when it was started, Christians wanted to remember the incredible moment when God was born into the world as a man. The Messiah arrived as a baby, and every moment of his earthly life pointed him to the brutality of the cross where he would pay for our sins under the wrath of God. Christmas was a call for Christians to join together and consider the incarnation of their Savior. Now, today, Christmas is at odds with Christ. This whole discussion, this whole episode exists because people aren't sure if they should worship a tradition at the expense of worshiping the Lord. We don't know if we should make a fun holiday more important than a weekly opportunity that Christians have died to attend. As I said, my goal is not to make people feel guilty. It's not to beat people up. This episode is meant to be a tool to help all Christians examine what their actions reveal about their priorities. If we believe that we are meant to gather together regularly, then why should a holiday change what God calls us to in Hebrews 10.25 about not forsaking the assembly? Why is it that just because the date happens to be December 25th that we question, hmm, should I go to church or not? Christmas is a special day to the entire world, but the weekly gathering is a critical day for Christ's church. So, instead of asking, should Christians go to church on Christmas, perhaps we should ask, should Christians go to church? If we answer yes to that, we know exactly how to answer on December 25th. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onward in the Faith. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and visit onwardinthefaith.com where you can read hundreds of articles about every area of the Christian life. If this ministry is a blessing to you, there are three ways that you can support it. You can pray for Ray and Onward in the Faith itself. You can share this episode with others, or you can help with various expenses by visiting patreon.com slash onwardinthefaith or following the link in the show notes. We hope this episode has encouraged you to keep moving onward in your faith towards maturity in Christ. 